Hey there, thanks for joining me this week. My name is Tim, and just like you, I'm on a journey to discover more about God's love, his creation, and my identity. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a lot of questions, and I've got a feeling that you do too. So, let's explore together. Welcome to The Sanctum. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sanctum Podcast. You could be listening to anyone else, Dr. Tony Evans, Pastor Otis Moss, or that new Eminem. But you are listening to me, and I appreciate you. On this episode of Sanctum, I'm continuing my reflection on the Black experience through the eyes and experiences of the early church fathers. One thing that I didn't know and never really looked into was the fact that the early church has African saints. These saints are recognized for their contributions to theology, leadership, and even dying for the faith. I've done a bunch of research and I wanted to share with you some of those saints that really spoke to me. Now, this is by no means an exhaustive list. There are many more out there and a lot more that I don't even know about. But I'm sharing with these with you again, just because these are the ones that really spoke to me. And I'm going to tell you why. I learned about some of these saints from a book called The Sayings of the Desert Fathers. I'll also post uh, other links to articles that you can read for yourself on my website, SyncdomPodcast.com. So head over there in the episode posts and the resources that I use for you today um, will be listed there. Um, so I decided to divide these saints up based on the parts of Africa that they were from. So the first up I have are the uh, barbers, then I have the Coptics, and then the Eastern African saints. So first up, the barbers. So the barbers represent Northern Africa. These Christians range from Libya and Tunisia specifically. If you remember my last episode, I talked about Libya, Cyrene, and Tunisia. And so if you didn't listen to that episode, I really encourage you to go back. It's a really important subject to me personally, being that I'm a black American um, and trying to live out this faith of me being Christian. So I talked a little bit more about that uh, in the last episode. So please, please, please check out that episode. Um, But hey, keep listening to this one while you're here. So the Berbers. So first up was Pope Victor I. That's right. You heard me correctly. I said Pope. Victor was the Bishop of Rome from 189 to 199 AD. This is before the Great Schism, which occurred afterwards. So therefore, Bishop Victor was the leader of the main, one of the main hubs of Christianity in the day. The reason he's so special to me is because he was the first pope, not the last, but the first pope of three to be born in Northern Africa. Being the first of anything is not easy, and this is why he's so special to me. It really takes a lot of courage and self-confidence to... That the confidence only comes from God, who is really the true source of our identity. And so when you think of people, when I think of people anyway, like Barack Obama, um, the Little Rock Nine, who were like the first to integrate schools in the South after the um, Brown versus Board of Education. You know, it, it, he when I think of Pope Victor, it kind of reminds me of that you know, being the first bishop of Rome from the continent of Africa. So that's why he's special to me. So next I have is St. Augustine of Hippo. St. Augustine was born in 354 AD. He was probably the most prolific writer and influencer of the Western Christian thought and theology. In fact, he's known as the doctor of the church, which is a title conferred to someone whose work is prominent 
in Christian theology. He's a universal Christian figure um, in that he's recognized by the Orthodox, the Catholic, and the Protestant faith. His teachings influenced the great reformer Martin Luther, who came about a thousand years later and led directly to what we now consider to be the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith. I actually have his book, Confessions, in my audio cue, so I'm looking forward to listening to that. I really related to Augustine because he was a thinker. Like many of us, I know it's true for myself anyway, his mother was a devout Christian, but he wasn't always so sure. But through prayers and God's grace, he came to the faith and left a lasting impact. Uh, He came to the faith as a young man, but he was the type of man, you know, your proverbial prodigal son who turned away uh, from the faith of his mother to do his own thing, but he eventually came back. But that leads me to my next person. And my next person is St. Monica. She's the mother of St. Augustine. We know about her piousness through the many writings of her son, Augustine, whom just spoke. She reminds me of that single black mother that literally cries out to God for the salvation of her children. And he answered. An interesting fact about St. Monica is that we have a city named after her right here in America. Can you guess his name? Santa Monica, California. Pretty cool, huh? So let's continue with the list. Next up is St. Perpetua and Felicity. They were some of the first African martyrs. They were imprisoned for converting to Christianity. We know about these two because Perpetua was an educated woman and kept a diary while she was in prison. Felicity was a young pregnant slave girl who was imprisoned with her. They were martyred in the Roman games and Carthage for their faith. Perpetual's writings were really important because it is some of the first Christian writings that are in Latin. And it also gives first-hand account of the torture that Christians endured at the hand of Roman pagans. Perpetua was really special for me for this reason too, because her diary is a first-hand account of a woman exercising her faith in the midst of extraordinary circumstances. Her portion of the diary stops the night that she was executed, and one of her fellow prisoners takes over and finishes the diary. So here's a portion of the diary that I want to read for you. I just want to read a quick excerpt from it, but I think it'll kind of give you the the breath of what, or the idea anyway, of what was going in the mind of Perpetua. So it says this, While we were still under arrest, Perpetua said, my father out of love for me was trying to persuade me and shake my resolution. Father, said I, do you see this vase here, for example? Yes, I do, he said. And I told him, could it be called by any other name than what it is? And he said, no. Well, so too, I cannot be called anything other than what I am, a Christian. She wrote this whole diary while she was in prison. She faced torture and, of course, death, but she braved it all. She was a woman who had a young daughter who she was still nursing. And one of the ways that they tortured her is by taking her daughter away 
and not letting her know what had happened to her. Now, if you're a mom, you're listening to this, you can imagine how mentally torturous that is. And she writes about it in her diary. But what she also writes about is how she prayed and asked her visions and answers from God to see what would happen. And of course, God answered her prayers through visions. So it's really cool. I'm going to post the entire diary or a link to the entire diary on my website, sanctumpodcast.com. And you can actually read it for yourself. But I really admire these two for their strength of character. They had a choice to renounce their faith. They could have easily done that, gone home to raise their children. But they chose Jesus above all. And now they will be remembered for all time. Okay. All right. So now let's move geographically over a little bit and talk about the Copts. The Copts are Egyptians. So these refer to believers living predominantly in modern-day Egypt. So first up was Saint Maurice. Love that name, Maurice. Yeah, sounds like a black dude. (laughs) Um, Saint Maurice was born in 250 AD in Egypt. A general in the Roman army who led a legion of soldiers originating from Thebes, Egypt. On a campaign in modern-day Switzerland, he and his men came across other Christians and were ordered to kill them. He and his men refused. When he refused, his legion underwent decimation, which involves the killing of every 10th soldier. So you can kind of imagine being on the battlefield, or not even in the battlefield, you can imagine being in camp, and another superior tells your soldiers to line up and executes every 10th soldier. The Romans did this under extraordinary circumstances when they had to really convey obedience to the soldiers. And so you can imagine the torture and the fear that the soldiers went through, knowing that any one of them could have been counted off as a tenth uh, and died. But him, Maurice, and all his soldiers still refused. So when they refused, the Romans killed Maurice and all of his followers, and they killed him in modern-day Switzerland. And there's actually a town in Switzerland today with his namesake. And the reason why this story touches me is because a lot of black Americans have fought in wars in order to prove their loyalty for a country that did not love them and treated them as second-class citizens. Maurice became a general of a legion when Christianity was still considered a cult and a threat to Roman status quo. He stood up for what was right, even though it cost him his life. As an African-American, this makes me reflect on those freedom fighters like Christmas Attucks, who was the first to die in the American Revolution, uh, the 54th Massachusetts, uh, a colored regiment in the Civil War, the Buffalo Soldiers, and the Tuskegee Airmen of World War II. They sacrificed themselves to show that they were capable and that they love this country just as much as anyone else. The next person from Egypt I want to talk to you about is St. Anthony the Great. He was born in 251 AD and is known as the father of monks. After his conversion, he sold all of his possessions and went into the desert to live a solitary life of prayer and service. His his biography was written by St. 
Athanasius, another important Christian figure in history. St. Anthony was the mentor of St. Athanasius, who would later go on to fight the Arian heresy which denied the divinity of Christ. The monastic orders of northern Africa, the Middle East, and eventually Europe were based on the life and works of St. Anthony the Great. One of my favorite sayings of Abba Anthony is when he said, A time is coming when men will go mad, and when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him, saying, You are mad. You are not like us. That's deep. I chose Abba Anthony because as I started my journey into Christian mysticism, the road led me straight to him because he was like the prototype of the monastic life of prayer, silence, and of good works. And I'm still learning from him some 1,800 years later. To piggyback off of St. Anthony Great, let me talk to you about his protege, St. Athanasius, Anthony's, Anthony's mentee. He was born in 298 and was one of the most important church fathers in history. So let me put this in perspective. So today it's really easy for mainstream Christians to say that they believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We believe that they are co-equal, co-eternal, and consubstantial, which means that they are of the same substance. But it wasn't always that easy because the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible. Although, when you study the Bible holistically, the doctrine of the Trinity is present from the Old and to the New Testaments. So, for example, Paul's benediction at the end of 2 Corinthians, where he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. So there arose a controversy that threatened to divide Christianity called Arianism. The Arian heresy stated that Jesus was, uh, excuse me, that Jesus had a beginning and thus was a creation of God, therefore not equal to God. When a council was called in order to settle the debate, it included bishops from all around the world who sought God's guidance. They debated and they argued each viewpoint. In the end, the universal church decided that God existed in three co-equal, co-eternal, consubstantial persons in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because this is what the scriptures taught and what the apostles in the early church believed. St. Athanasius' efforts led directly to the Nicene Creed, one of the most important documents in all of Christianity outside of the Bible itself. I have a link on my website if you've never read it. So head over to sanctumpodcast.com, take a look at it for yourself. Next, the person I want to talk to is Basarian the Great. Here is another desert monk. He's an Egyptian monk and he's also a miracle worker. What makes Basarian so interesting to me is that he would perform miracles like purifying salt water with prayer to make it safe to drink. Uh, he caused the sun to stand still, is written, and just all lackadaisical can also walk on the water. Why not? <laughs> so here's an excerpt uh, from his book, uh, excuse me, from the book that I mentioned earlier, The Sayings of the Desert Fathers. Another time when Abba Basarian had occasion to do so, he said a prayer and crossed the river on foot and then continued his way. Filled with wonder, 
I asked his part and said, How did your feet feel when you were walking on the water? He replied, I felt the water just in my heels, but the rest was dry. What? <laughs> now, I'm no expert in early church writing, but it doesn't look like they had exclamation points. Because I'm I'm reading that and I'm like, oh, okay, so you're just going to pray and just walk on the water whenever you feel like it. So I guess that was a thing uh, back then. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> but, um, but Basirin, he, he really spoke to me because he did miracles like that. And they were just, they were just commonplace and they're written in that book that I mentioned earlier. Again, the sayings of the desert fathers. And I like to bring up Basarian to my brothers and sisters who believe that the miracles of the New Testament stopped with the apostles. Uh, no, they didn't. And because I describe myself as being contemplative and charismatic, learning about someone who balanced both is important to me uh, in my spiritual development. Okay, so here's the last one. Uh, Eastern Africa. Uh, this is the region in Africa that's south of Egypt, sometimes in the ancient worlds called Nubia. Uh, in modern times, it's the area of Ethiopia. Uh, so first up, St. Moses the Black. Uh, St. Moses is one of my personal favorites because he had such a redemptive story. Uh, he was born about 330 AD in Ethiopia. He was a slave and after gaining freedom, became a highwayman. Um, that means he robbed people. So, as the leader of a gang, he admittedly stole and he also killed. While he was on the run from authorities, he took refuge in one of the monasteries that was also started by St. Anthony the Great. You see how things come full circle. And while he was there, he was touched just by the righteousness and humility of the ascetic life of the monks. And so, he saw that he wanted to become a monk himself. His time spent with believers changed his heart. And that's a lesson for all of us in and of itself. Here he was, this ex-slave, hardened criminal that lived with real believers and their life witnessed to him that he could change. He was accepted and he became a monk. Eventually, he started his own brotherhood and later he was martyred. When the barbarians came to his monastery, he didn't run. He was in his 80s at that point, and his last words were those of Christ who said, Those who live by the sword will also die by the sword. I love Father Moses' story because it, it, it's, it's a story of redemption. Like I said, it doesn't matter where we start in life, our condition or our circumstance. It matters where we end we are the decisions that we make. Father Moses spent his whole life in repentance and humility so that he could live or he could be an example of Christ's mercy and grace. Okay, so here's my last one. Izana of Aksum. He was the king of Aksum who ruled in modern-day Ethiopia or Eritrea, I always mess that one up, Eritrea, Sudan, in the Arabian Peninsula. He was the first king to convert to Christianity in the early 4th century. Under his rule, the Ethiopian church was allowed to flourish in peace. 
This led to the Bible being translated into Jez, which the Toledo church still uses to this day, and set up monasteries which are still active to this day. Currently, the Ethiopian Orthodox Toledo Church is the largest in the Oriental branch of Orthodoxy. Over half the population of Ethiopia belongs to this church, and it all started with Exana. For me, this really demonstrates the power of one. My faithfulness has the power to transform me, my family, and generations of people that I will never know in this life. That one decision to follow Christ. So it's been real fun, you know, lots of fun to learn and meditate on these forerunners of the faith. There are so many people that lived out, sold out lives for Christ and made a huge impact. But back in episode 14, I talked about the great cloud of witness. And it just blows my mind that these believers and so many more are today alive in Christ, watching us and cheering us on as we run our race of faith. These men and women lived their lives as theologians, monks, leaders, and intercessors, not only for their own benefit, but so that the larger body of Christ may realize the fullness of our divine union with him. I don't know about you, but that blesses my soul. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And again, I'm reflecting on this all month, so the episodes are a little sporadic. Um, Visit SanctumPodcast.com for the links and the resources that I use in this episode. On the next episode, I want to talk about slavery and equality from a biblical perspective. So I hope to see you then. Thanks so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the message and were encouraged to believe a little more. Feel free to check out my website, sanctumpodcast.com, for show notes, resources, and reviews. I also love hearing from listeners, so if you have a question or an idea for a show, don't forget to say hey. I'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Sanctum Podcast. Until then, be blessed.